You're listening to Greetings from Austin. I'm Elisa. And I'm Jenny. We're here to share all things lifestyle, real estate, design, and more. As Austin natives and agents with combined 28 years experience, we're excited to bring you new episodes weekly. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're talking about the changing market and how to decide if now is your time to buy and or sell. So let's get started with 10 positives in our shifting market. We do want to note that we are working in the Austin area and real estate can be very local. Some of these things may also apply in your market, but be sure to chat with your local agent to be sure. Number one, houses are spending more time on the market right now, which is really a great thing for buyers. There's more time to view the house and to make decisions. It was just in our past market that we were in for a a couple of years, it was just such a rushed, very emotional time for buyers. And there were actually, when there were lots of offers, sometimes, you know, people would back out just because there were just emotions going wild. And it's just hard to make a, a sound decision when you're under so much pressure. Yeah. I think it was really hard for our out-of-towners especially. I I know I sold houses over FaceTime um, because people didn't have time to get here, and then they were trying to coordinate to fly in during their option period, and it was it was really hard to make that work. And, and then even for clients who had a more strict work schedule and couldn't just leave on a random weekday afternoon to go look at a house, it, they were sometimes missing out because they, you know, the houses weren't making it through the weekend or to the weekend even. Yeah, exactly. You know, I know we had a few that, um, you know, we got under contract before they even saw the house and then they had to fly in during option period. That was Mm -hmm. really the only choice and thank goodness, you know, everything worked out, but you know, when sellers knew that the person hadn't actually seen the house, you know, it, it, they sometimes would not choose that buyer, Mm -hmm. you know, for fear that they would change their mind when they flew in, but we got lucky on a few of those and made it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good for our clients. And and I'm not saying that that won't ever happen again. Like I think in general, we live in a city where people are relocating. So I'm sure that we'll yeah. still continue to, you know, do transactions and do things virtually, but it still feels like the stress and the rush is not there even when you're doing that. Right. Which is nice. Exactly. So number two, uh, buyers have more properties to choose from. Our inventory has really changed. August numbers uh, just came out and they are, our inventory is now at 2.9 months of inventory. So, you know, we were kind of thinking that it would have been up from the last numbers and and the last numbers were 2.7 months of inventory. So, um, you know, things are still going under contract and selling, but there's a lot more to choose from, which helps. Yeah. I mean, it it just seemed in the past, there were lots of buyers in the market, such demand for, you know, purchasing houses, but we had such a lack of inventory. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we were trying to find pocket listings. We were looking for coming soons. And even when we found pockets are coming soon, there could have already been multiple offers on them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, now, now it's shifting where there's, you know, more houses than on the market than there are buyers. So that is why we're, you know, seeing that the 
reduction in prices and houses sitting sitting a little longer. Yeah. Which is which is really nice. I think I had clients who felt like they were forced into choosing something that wasn't really what they wanted mm-hmm. more than usual. I mean, I think a lot of people want the most for what they're paying and and there's not always a perfect house out there, but I think just having something more to look at is making people feel more confident in their decision too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number three, it's easier for all buyers to compete. Uh, you know, people with financing, first time home buyers, um, you know, in, in, so what happened is many times, There'd be, if there was a house that had a lot of offers, which most houses did, there'd be cash buyers in there. And, you know, many times they would win because they could be the highest and the cleanest. There's no appraisal involved. There's no getting approved with the lender. There's no mishaps that could happen with the lender. It's just a clean deal. So pretty Mm -hmm. much any seller, if they have that option, then that is what they're going to logically go with most of the yeah. time. And, um, you know, the, the first time home buyers really had it the hardest because, you know, especially those that didn't have a really large down payment, um, you know, they really had a disadvantage in that market and it was, it's, it was really hard to watch. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, now it's just in, in even high end homes, you know, if they had a mortgage, you know, we had, we had people that had mortgage, you know, needed to get a mortgage and they had a hard time securing the house because of that, simply because yeah. the seller wanted an easier, fast deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the simplicity of it. I felt like it was really hard for people that were doing, you know, financing that wasn't, conventional financing too, like VA loans. I know so many people are having a really hard time with VA loans because you can't waive all the contingencies like you can with conventional. So that was really tough for people, you know, that were looking to take advantage of those options that are available to them, like a VA loan. Mm -hmm. And then they Mm -hmm. couldn't actually use them and have a shot at purchasing. Yeah. Very. Yeah. So just, I'm, I'm happy that we're in this, it's more stabilized, still a very healthy market, but just mm-hmm. more even killed for buyer and seller. Yeah, definitely. So, um, number four is appraisal addendums are becoming less common. So I'm excited for this one. Appraisal yeah. d- addendums, like, Oh, I always just felt terrible filling those out. Um, and I'm excited to see them go. I think it was it was becoming really, really common to see appraisal addendums that were being signed and, and offers being put in for, you know, 80000 plus over the list price. And that's nerve-wracking. And there was a time during those last two years where you were making your money back in a short amount of time. And you were, yeah. you know, you, you had equity after, after a really short amount of time, but that's not normal. And, you know, not having to go in and and offer over the appraised value of a house is, 
minimizing the stress for a lot of people, especially those first-time home buyers, or people that just don't want to spend that much money over the appraised value of a property. And you know, there's people that don't didn't have it, so mm-hmm. you know they couldn't. You know, they, it was just, especially again, I keep going back to first-time home buyers. Those were to me the pers- the people that were hurt the most in that market. Um, but they only had so much money for a down payment, and then um, you know that spread of what how, you know the appraisal were you know their short appraisal short um you know there were times when it got to that point and the spread was so large that they couldn't buy the house anymore because they didn't have the money mm-hmm. so you know listing agents were asking for proof of funds for that difference you know at at before they went under contract just to be sure that buyers had the money mm-hmm. so yeah and some people were using their down payment funds to juggle money around to spend for the appraisal gap. So they were putting less money down on their loan than they planned to just so that they could p- play for the appraisal gap, which, you know, people were making it work. But ideally, you get to go in you get to put the amount down on your house that you want to and you don't have to just throw in money for an appraisal shortage. Um Totally. And, and then yeah. on the builder side, things changed there too. I remember this period of time where I was working with a lot of people who were looking at new construction and they hadn't got under contract yet. And we were going into builders and they were saying, look, you got to get them under contract soon because in the next release or two, we're going to start putting something in our contracts that allow us to up our contract price because the prices are changing so quickly. And so there was this pressure to like get these people under contract on something. And we were calling over and over again because their wait lists were like, you know, a hundred people on the wait list to potentially get a call for a release of, I don't know, eight (laughs) houses. So that was crazy too. It wasn't just on the resale side. It was on the building side also. Yeah. And you know, there's a, that's, that's a whole nother conversation, the building side, you know, with building materials, you know, skyrocketing and going up so quickly. That was, you know, builders were dealing with that on that end as well. And and hopefully that is, um, I know that lumber's already been adjusted and it's coming down. Other things have not, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's the future, um, you know, so yeah, just yeah. crazy times. It was, it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> so number five, so now there's more time when it would have, the biggest, uh, you know, um, positives of the situation. Now there's more time to get an inspection. Um, sellers are more likely to negotiate repairs and pay for title. Um, Mm -hmm. there were many times people were going forward and weren't even asking for an option period. They would a lot of times still get an inspection, but then they had no room for negotiation, no way to get out. I mean, they could get out of the contract, but not without losing a lot of money. Um, so in a normal market, we have an option period and you know, seven to 10 days, it's all negotiable. And that's the time to get your inspection done. And many times, you know, you have to have an AC guy come out on top of that or a roof guy. Um, and there was just no time to do any of that. So either you didn't have an option period, or if you did have one, it was very short and just trying to get an inspector out in that short of time, it didn't, it didn't work well. Mm -hmm. So then after that, you need time to negotiate repairs. And in that market, most sellers weren't negotiating 
anything. So Mm -hmm. you just had to go forward with what it was. And Mm -hmm. that just doesn't feel good. And I think increases liability for the seller as well when, when things are so rushed and, you know, there's no, no give. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember times when, you know, big things would come up with the roof or the foundation and it was like, well, if, if you don't want to deal with it, then we'll go back on the market. You know, there was just a lack of, you know, they didn't have to, they knew they didn't have to deal with it. And so they weren't going to, and you know, in some ways I understand it. That's where our market was, but I will not miss that at all. I like the fairness of being willing to meet in the middle, find something that works for everybody and, and get to negotiate for both parties. I think that's part of our job. And I'm kind of excited to do it again. Always. Yes. Always looking for a win-win for everyone. I want, Mm -hmm. you know, we want everyone to be happy in the transaction at the end of the day and feel fulfilled and, you know, reaching their goals of, of, you know, home ownership and selling their home. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Okay. So we're on number six. So number six is sellers don't have to accommodate 50 plus showings in a weekend. This one was one that I experienced a couple times where I had clients who wanted to list their house and they had pets or kids or work from home and they had to book a vacation to sell their house because they, they couldn't be gone all day, you know, while there was one showing after another. And then it was just tons of people through your home and the, the showing windows were short, you know, it was just, it was a lot um, during that time to, to accommodate all those. And people. all while, you know, the COVID thing. Is yeah. Going yeah. On. So here, here's a ton <laughs> just of people. To add another layer. <laughs> yeah. A ton of people to tramp through your house. I remember, you know, people extra aware of like, please leave booties for people to wear or tell them to take their shoes off because, you know, it's one thing when you have a reasonable amount of showings over the weekend or a couple of weeks, but it was just group after group of people coming in to show these houses. And, you know, then sometimes that also meant like a ton of offers to look at too. So, yeah. I'm not going to miss that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were even listing agents that were um, hiring food trucks and coffee trucks to sit outside um, to keep, to keep the buyers um, entertained. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I personally had did not show a house that had people lined up, but I saw videos and pictures of it from our brokerage uh, website. And that was insane. Yeah, it was crazy. I did. I had to sit in a couple lines, none of the really ridiculously long lines. I think in general, my clients were like, you know, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, a few that were, were longer than I, I'm used to. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So number seven is, um, you know, now we're in a market where, um, buyers are not having to waive all the rights, um, to, to get the house. So it, in this past market, um, you know, many times, like I said, they were waiving option period. They were waiving their financing period. They were not asking for home warranty. I mean, the cleanest offer they could possibly do. So even if they had a financed offer, they were waiving their financing contingency period. So if they find out that the lender says, oh, you can't get this loan anymore, then they were still on the hook with, for 
you know, big earnest money. Um, Mm -hmm. So just really left them, the buyers very vulnerable. Um, Good for the seller because everything was stronger, but not so great for the buyer. And, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I I will say, I said it's good for the seller. It's not, it wasn't always good for the seller because if say that financing contingency, they say they couldn't get the house at the end of the day, once they turned everything into the lender, you know, then the deal, the deal would fall apart anyways. And then the buyer would be out money and the seller would have wasted that time being under contract with that buyer and have to go on the market, start over with all the showings and go through it again. So yes, I mean, it wasn't great for, for both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think in in the last couple of years, it's been painted like, oh, what a great time to sell your house. You have it really easy if you're a seller. But I think that's the point of this whole conversation is that it really wasn't fun for either side because of things like you just said. If you have a contract that falls out, sure, you get to keep some earnest money. But you have to deal with all the showings again. And that is so stressful, especially if you're talking about what we just talked about of 50 plus showings in a weekend. You're going to do that all over again. So surprise, here's another vacation you have to book if you have special circumstances. And that's not fun yeah, at all. And, you know, when you have 50 showings, you know, you got to think about there could be kids running through your house messing with things. There could be people tracking mud in, you know, leaving doors unlocked. Just – you know, a lot yeah. mess, just a the lot logistics of it get complicated. I would <laughs> not want that amount of people through my house. No way, no. Jose. No. Another thing that I wanted to point out is like a little bonus, but it's, it's kind of on the topic of waiving contingencies. When you mentioned that some people were losing out on a huge amount of earnest money, that's something that we don't have on our list to talk about, but that's a big change that we're seeing in our market too, where, we were having to put huge amounts for option money and earnest money. I kind of forgot about that. It was, I mean, quadruple what we were used to seeing. And people were just willing to put whatever number down there to make their offer I mean, look really strong. Yeah. I had a deal and they just really wanted it. And uh, they put 200000 down like non-refundable for any oh reason. So. Yeah, 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 it really took an amount of bravery and boldness Mm -hmm. in that market. Yeah, that not everybody had or or wanted to to everyone that successfully bought in that market. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you have some guts. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. totally. Okay, so we are on to number eight. Um, It's easier for sellers if they need to buy and sell at the same time. So contingency offers are back. Like just had this conversation this week talking about the possibility of a contingent offer. And I'm excited for it. I think that it's nice to have this as an option that isn't going to cost you extra money during our crazy times. The last two years, we had programs that would help you buy and sell at the same time, but they came at a cost. And sometimes, you know, more unpredictability and they weren't always the smoothest transaction. So I'm excited that we get this option again to help people that have to buy and sell and don't have the ability to, you know, buy a property first and keep their current property and then wait to sell it. Or in this market that that is changing fast, they maybe don't want to take the risk of 
you know, how long are they going to have to hold the property and how long is it going to take it to sell? Yeah. And I mean, there's those great programs, you know, like Homeward where, mm-hmm. you know, you could buy before you sell. Um, but, you know, there's a, the, there's a cost to that. And then there's a, a stress to that. Like, you know, still, you know, you have, you need to sell your house and, um, you know, I, I contingencies still probably aren't going to work on like a really popular house that's priced mm-hmm. right. Um, in, yeah. in any market, you know, it's not, there's not normally a ton of contingencies, but the, the biggest thing is, um, you know, sellers didn't even want to sell their house because they had no idea. They were so scared of what the other side looked like and were they going to be homeless. So mm-hmm. that really affected our inventory as well because so many were like, where would I go? I, yeah, yeah, I just can't, yeah. I can't make that decision and, and risk not having a home for my family. Yeah, I definitely lost a couple of listings and fires because. They wanted something specific. They knew that their options were really, really limited with how low the inventory was and then how fast things were selling. They just, they opted to to wait. They felt like they couldn't do it. They couldn't deal with the stress of figuring that out. And they didn't want to use a program like Homeward to kind of bridge the gap for them at a cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So great for, you know, people looking to move up or move down, move over mm-hmm. to a different area. It's it's now a, a good market for that. Mm-hmm. It is. So the, the rapid appreciation was good for sellers, you know, in a way, you know, if they're not planning to sell, then it really, you know, kind of hurts because it, it increased the tax appraisal. Um, mm-hmm. This last year, especially Travis County in Austin, uh, went super high on their assessed values um, for a lot of properties, which really affected the property taxes. Um, you know, in Texas, we have property taxes that are anywhere between like 1.8 is the lowest I've seen mm-hmm. up to like, I mean, in the past, I don't know, know about now, but I've seen up to 3.9. And, um, it, you know, when you get into these higher price points, it's it's a huge number these rates can really change your, your, your tax number. But, um, yeah, so it, it's just really with, it really messed with affordability. Um, I would say the people that were hurt the most were people that didn't have the homestead exemption on their property, which, you know, sets only allows the assessed value to go up 10% a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that just bought weren't able to have that on there. Um, and then landlords, they really got it the worst because mm-hmm. they have no protection from that increase in, in assessed value, which affects property taxes. So what's happening is now the the leases that they have, the rents aren't, you know, many times, it just depends on the situation, um, aren't, you know, enough for the mortgage. And so they're having to, or they're not cash flowing anymore. Um, so they're having to increase the rents and then the tenants can't afford that rent anymore. So, you know, I've heard of long-term tenants that are having to leave because mm-hmm. the, the, the landlord, they don't want to, but they have to increase the rent. So, yeah, it, it definitely affected the affordability in a lot of ways and, and in other counties too. I mean, Travis County was absolutely the worst, but 
there were some bigger hikes than we're used to in Hayes County and Williamson County too in our areas. And, you know, this, this is one that's probably really local to the Austin area, but, um, you know, it's, it's played a big part. And then even on the resale side for these people that had houses, they were expecting a certain amount of coverage for their tax and, and they plan their home search based on these numbers. And then all of that just changed really quickly. So I think it affected buying power to a certain extent for, for some people. Yeah. And you know, one thing that, um, I always try to set the expectation on is, you know, yeah, the, the tax it's assessed at this right now, but just no worst case, it can go all the way up to what you're purchasing it at. So Mm -hmm. just plan on that number, expect the worst and, you know, but, but really it many, especially the older neighborhoods, the assessed value typically was way lower than what, you know, the market value was, Mm -hmm. but, um, they've, they've caught on. Yeah. They caught up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and in many situations went way over, uh, what it's really worth. And, and I mean, I have one client in particular that he told the County, like, if you'll buy it at this price County, like take it. You know, right. I would sell you my house <laughs> now. Yeah, no, I'll sell you a couple of my properties, but so he, you know, had to go fight that, but that, um, yeah. that happened in several, they just got overzealous. Mm-hmm. So I think to kind of bring it back to the shifting market, because our appreciation has slowed down in comparison to what was happening when we were putting in offers that were 80 or a hundred thousand dollars over the list price. Now appreciation is slowed to a more normal rate. And because of that, we don't have to worry about such aggressive tax hikes in the future. I think our tax hikes will be more predictable and normal. Um, you know, they were just using True. the market that we were in to like catch up and, and they knew the numbers that were being released and the, average appreciation that was happening in a month's time. So they, they definitely use that. So I'm, I'm excited that that slowed down. I mean, of course we all love to see the appreciation of our properties over the last two years. That was exciting in some ways, but then the tax bill comes and you're like, okay, this is not that exciting. Yeah. It really doesn't help anyone that's, yeah, that's not looking to sell. Because then mm-hmm. property taxes go up. But one thing yeah. that is about to be determined is tax rate. And mm-hmm. they, they do that in October every year. So hopefully they'll just lower, but we shall see. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we're on to number 10. This is the last one. Um, so number 10 is no more standing in line to show house and rush through in 10 or 15 minutes. And we kind of touched on this a little bit above, but I think we didn't really talk about how fast we were having to go through these houses and 10 or 15 minutes for a small house is, you know, it's doable. I have plenty of clients who like can breeze on through a 1500 square foot house in South Austin in, in no time at all. But when you're yeah. talking about a bigger house, it's hard. I feel like people weren't looking at everything. They would go back during the inspection and they'd be like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't even see that closet. Oh, I didn't even know that this was here. Mm-hmm. And, and that was tough. And I think that caused a lot of um, liability issues for 
or both parties. Like you don't actually know what you're getting. You may have run through the house so you know it doesn't smell bad or or whatever, but um, you weren't really looking at everything because you didn't have time. Yeah. So I personally bought a house where I didn't even see it mm-hmm. um, until right before closing. Uh, we couldn't get in. And, you know, Matterports were just my savior because yeah. I studied the house via the Matterport and I felt comfortable, mm-hmm. but I've owned a lot of real estate and, you know, that's different. So very much, very different from a first time home buyer. Um, and then I had another investor where we weren't allowed in the property because there was a tenant in there. And so we got some pictures, some texted pictures because <laughs> they didn't even have it on the MLS. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then once we finally got in, it was just in way worse shape. And the tenant, yeah, it it was bad. Mm -hmm. It was bad. He bought it and then mm, it wasn't fun. Yeah. 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 And, and that's like, that's something I just won't miss. I I think it's so important that our clients get the time that they need to go through the house and look at everything. Yeah. I think time, you know, just less pressure, less emotion when Mm -hmm. you have time to, at your pace to, to walk through and decide. Yeah. Yeah. So our takeaway is, you know, we really have no idea what the future holds for the real estate market. Um, You know, Austin is, you know, just such a popular spot, such a wonderful place to live, great lifestyle. Uh, We have people, I think, still moving here in droves, you know, just because companies are, you know, a lot of big companies have decided to move here. Um, you know, we're a slower time of year, so this is all, you know, pretty normal. There's, there's more than that going on just, you know, mm-hmm. um, because of interest rates and what's going on nationwide. But overall, you know, I, I do feel that we're a very strong market and our future is still going to be very bright and mm-hmm. the real estate market in Austin. Um, but just to, you know, just to reiterate, it's really good time for buyers. It's still a great time to make a move. Um, in the Austin area or to the Austin area as well. Yeah. Either one. Um, Yeah. I think interest rates are still relatively low. Yes. They are higher higher than we've been used to. If you were pre-approved before when the rates were lower, that's where I think it gets really tough. It doesn't feel like they're low anymore when you look at the numbers that way, but they are. It's a mental block. They are. It's a mental block, block. but Mm -hmm. we just all got spoiled. Yeah, we did. It, it became the normal for a while. Yeah. Something that, my, you know, that doesn't My first typically. house, the interest rate was seven and a half. And I was super happy to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important to remember that, that you know, that, that they go up, they go down. You can refi later. You can buy a rate down. There are options for you. But, you know, right now, we think that they will keep going up. So they could, they could get higher. They fluctuate weekly. So, you know, there's a little bit of a roller coaster effect there, but, um, we do think that they'll continue to tick up. And then if they go back down, you refi, that's always an option. Um, and then I think you have to look at your own situation too. Do you have job security? Do you have a savings account? Do you have a plan to stay for a while? Your investment can really weather the storm of whatever market we're going to go through in the next few years if you plan to stay for a bit. In the last t- two years, people were able to turn on seller properties and make a profit. And that won't be the case all the time. And that wasn't always normal. You know, if you look back, 
outside of those last two years that we've had, it wasn't normal to turn around and sell a house in a very short amount of time doing nothing to it and make money. So, you know, I think we're kind of going back to that normalcy that we're, we're reaching now where things are back to where they used to be. You're going to have to hold your property for a while if you really want to make some money on it. So if you have those things in place, job security, a savings account, and you plan to stay, go ahead and buy. Otherwise, you're just paying somebody else's mortgage for them. Yeah. And rents are going up. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll continue to go up at this rate, especially, you know, with taxes and all of that. So I was just going to say that, you know, interest rates in back in the day, you know, arms were more, were getting popular. Mm-hmm. And so you could do like a three, five, 10 year arm and start out at a lower rate. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's going to come back. And then um, also, you know, in many situations in negotiation, the sellers is buying down the rate. So that's yeah. always very helpful. Yeah. If you are set on having that lower rate and you have some cash to play around with, I think it's a great way to take advantage of where the rates are right now. You still have the ability to get them down further because we don't know when they'll be down there next. We really don't. So I think it is a good option. And then I also wanted to say on the selling side, it's not a bad time to sell either. Yes, there's more inventory. There's more to compete with. But that's where you have your agent go in and and really give you advice for your house specifically to say, you know, here's what's going to help get your house sold and and reduce the time and you know and it depends on your factors. Um, and and having that's not a bad time you know for either. Yeah, you know, I know when we go in with sellers, we you know it's very important how the property shows. We want to show the best it possibly can. So we really you know work with the seller to, you know, make it just super competitive, you know, showing the best, even if that means doing some upgrades to the house, we have great tips, um, ideas, and can help you implement that. Um, and then pricing it, pricing it right. Yeah. So I think as long as you have those things, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think pricing is really important right now, but, but still things are selling, things are closing. I've sold listings recently. It's, you know, it feels like the market has come to a halt in a lot of ways when you're reading things online, but um, we're still doing business right now. Yeah, totally. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, typically this is a slower time of year anyways. It really, mm-hmm. you know, people buy and sell year round, but a lot of the families end up, you know, buying and selling in the spring because they're trying to move to a new school district before the school year starts. So mm-hmm. it, that is typically like spring and summer, early summer are our busiest, you know, there, there's the most sales during that time. So, you know, I really, really expect that we will definitely see another uptick um, in the spring. So, you know, now is really, if you're ready now is really a great time. You know, rates are are still very good. They are projecting that rates are going to go up just to you know, they're talking about because of fighting inflation that they're going to keep going up. And we just have no idea, you know, what they're going to go to and when. So now is just, we just listed off all these great reasons um, Mm -hmm. that now is a better market to buy and make a move. Better than it has been the last two years. That's for sure. You know, and, and less stressful on the selling side. There are lots of perks here. I think 
the last two years were really exhausting for everybody. You know, it wasn't just buyers or sellers. It was your agent was exhausted. Your lender was exhausted. Your inspectors were exhausted. Everyone was just tired. So we're all feeling a little more alive now. What, what what did they call it? The buyer, um, buyer fatigue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was the thing. Like I, I knew I could tell when I had buyers that were like probably going to drop off for just a little bit because we looked at so many houses and put in so many offers and nothing had happened and they truly had buyer fatigue. So, yeah. So our, you know, our brokerage was learning from, we had a Californian brokerage um, do a, a zoom with us so that, because they've been in this market for many years and mm-hmm. w- this was new to us a couple of years ago to be in this wild market. Mm-hmm. You know, generally our appreciation was like three to 5% and yeah. a year and really good houses would get multiple offers, but you know, it was pretty normal that you'd be on the market, what, 30 to 90 days and yeah. get, you know, one offer and and sell the house, you know, maybe mm-hmm. even six months, just depends on where it is, how you price it, how it shows. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, we were having to learn from others, like how to deal with this market and, you know, how buyer fatigue and agent fatigue were real. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that, which that was super helpful. Because it was the wild west for us here. Yeah. 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 Well, now we know. Yeah. Now we know. Well, I think that's it. That wraps it up. I, I hope that we've added value and helped to educate you on where our market is now. Great. Well, it's been fun today and yeah. look forward to talking to you in the future. Yep. Join us for future episodes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. If you have a real estate question you'd like for us to answer, all of our contact information is in the show notes. If you aren't in the Austin area and need to be connected with a real estate professional where you are, we can help with that too. So send us a message. We're located in the Austin area and licensed in Texas under Realty Austin. While some of this information can apply to where you live, be sure and talk to a local agent in your area. Visit the show notes for more information and additional disclosures.